This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I am your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. Our guest is Juan Vargas. Thanks for being on the show, Juan. Hey, Whitney. It's a pleasure to be on your show, man. Help us to think through that process of when we're first looking at properties, you know, getting to the closing table and then let's, you know, let's go specifically after closing as well. When that's your role, what should we be doing? I would say, you know, before my first couple of deals were actually got into the GP side by assisting with the equity. I just want to clarify that up front. So there's multiple ways to get into the GP side. You know, I do want to say, so, you know, just figure out what your skill set is. And sometimes you don't know what that is, but you'll learn it, right? You'll learn what you're good at, what you're not good at. And so my entry into a GP side was through capital, right? Raising capital. So that's one of the ways my focus now is on asset management. So you pretty much, you ask what's the role, you know, what you do. As far as, you know, finding the opportunity, you got to find the opportunity. You find the opportunity, you get it in a contract, right? What we've been to do on some of our deals is actually build in a early access agreement, early access period into the contract. And so what that has been able to help us do is we're actually able to go in there in seven days. We're actually able to go in there and do a lot of the due diligence within those first seven days before, if you have hard money, before your hard money goes you know, hard. That's the way we've been able to structure our agreements. And so during those seven days, you want to you know, have access to the property. You want to be able to go into the property and you know, go into the units, take a team with you. you know, so have the roofers, electricians, plumbers, all those kind of guys. You know, also, your property management team can also help you out with, with doing their lease audits, doing their own survey, and also getting you know, some of the budget and the performer put together and button down. So that's kind of what we do just to help us eliminate some of that risk up front. You know, and if it's something that we find out that it's not worth going or moving forward with, then it's easy. We just walk away and hey, it didn't work out at the end. If it does, then we're able to move forward and you know our money goes hard. So that's kind of the, the way we started. I think that's some great advice right there. And I haven't really heard anybody elaborate on that like or talk about you know building in the early access. And, and I've heard people in the industry maybe mention or talk about it, but not on the show. That's great advice. And would you say, do you have that in your LOI or is that something that's, that's in the contract? Yeah. So you want to make sure that you put it in the LOI. So like that whenever you go to finalize the PSA, the seller knows what you were expecting, right? So you know, every time we're submitting an LOI, we always make sure that we have that early access in there. It can vary. We do it for seven days because a lot of times the, the seller doesn't want to give you that, right? They're like, why would I allow this guy to be on my property and go through my units and do all this, their own homework? And then they're not really 100% committed at that point, right? So what we do is we put that in there, but we, we go ahead and wire the money as if we're going to go ahead and pursue it, right? As if we're going to for sure take down this deal. So wire the money. It doesn't go hard though until day eight, but we make sure that we have our attorney you know, put in there, hey, if, if we're, we don't feel comfortable with it, we can walk away and the hard money that's with the title company can be returned to us. So we got to make sure that we do that. Because so, a lot of these deals these days, the reality is that you have to go hard money. You know, and if you're not going hard, then you're not winning anything. You know? And so a lot of people, they don't want to go hard. So you're not winning deals. That's part of the terms. You know? So the price, I think, is the most important, but the terms are, are right there with it. And then it's your track record, who you are and, and all that good stuff. And so we always try to make sure that we, we you know, every time we re- submit an, an offer, we got to make sure that we have that in there, you know? I know you just saved somebody $200,000 right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 
Thanks yeah, for talking please. about that, you know, because it is very important. I, I love that tip that you put out there and, you know, getting that time agreed upon that you can do an inspection and hopefully the sellers cooperate, right? You know, and let you in and provide access and those things. So, you know, you're not one to waste your time either, right? I mean, it's costing a lot of time and money for you to come do that early due diligence like that. But tell me about that team, though, that you have ready come in with you, you know, because I mean, you want them there, right? I mean, you want them coming in those units and, and giving you some really solid advice on what needs to be done, right? What are we going to have to do going forward? And what's the cost going to be? And so, you know, who's that team? And what are their roles? Yeah, yeah. So, before you're able to do that, hopefully you were able to get like an operating budget to do your performa, you know, and see if the numbers work out on the deal, first of all. And, you know, usually that's a property manager, right? So reach out to a property manager, somebody that's well-known, somebody that manages properties that are similar to the property that you want to acquire. So if you're looking at a C deal, then don't look for a manager, right? They're going to be useless for you, right? You know, vice versa. If you're looking at a B plus deal, don't look for a manager that does C deals, right? You got to find somebody that fits exactly what the kind of product that you're looking for. I think it's very, very important. A lot of people, they see managers as, you know, somebody that can manage a property regardless of what kind of property you have. And I don't think so. I think, you know, there's C managers and there's managers that focus and that's their strength, that's their bread and butter. And then there's B managers and that's their bread and butter. Yes, some of those may interchange. They might do B and C, but they're going to focus on one asset class versus the other more, right? So that's what we do, right? So we've tried to find that manager that kind of fits. And, you know, we look at the portfolio, we interview them, we do all that good stuff. And then we tell them, hey, we're about to get this property under contract. You know, we have LOI that's, you know, about to be accepted or whatever, you know, those kind of things just to prepare them and have them ready. And then so apart from that, because they're usually going to handle like your lease audits, they're going to be on site, they're going to be doing a lot of that, right? But you still need somebody to go in there and check out your roof, you know, and then check out your plumbing, your electrical, your units. Your units usually going to be your manager, but you still want, you know, a team to go in there and do all that, right? So, and all that is going to cost you. So you're still going to have to put some money in and it's going to cost you. If you walk away from the deal, you're still going to have to have spent, you know, some of that money. And if you don't pay for, you know, if you don't move forward with the property, then you still have to pay your property manager for their due diligence costs. Usually they'll, they'll take care of it and do it for free. If you move forward with the property and if you are to use them, you know, if not, then you have to write a check for their services. You know, it's not, not for free either, you know, so, so those are the people that you, you want to have on the property ready to go. You know, as soon as you sign that, then, you know, bring them on and have them ready. I want us to jump to closing, after closing, maybe some things that, you know, as you're managing these properties after closing, things that that we should be thinking about, you know, that we are doing even on a monthly or weekly basis, you know, those meetings we should be having, things we should be discussing. Yeah, yeah. So we always have weekly calls with our managers. We don't self-manage our properties. We have third-party property management companies that manage the properties for us. And we want to make sure that we have calls you know, every single week, you got to look over all the numbers. You got to look over, over the, the KPIs, the numbers, you know, what's going on with the property? What are we doing? What are we renovating? Why are we not doing this? What's working? What's not working? Right. So every Tuesday is kind of when we do our calls and that works out best for us. Right. So during those calls, you know, you want to, as I said, talk about the reports, right? Talk about the number of units that you renovated. How much were we able to get? What did it cost us? You know, because a lot of it is testing, you know, it's, you know, whenever you put your performer out there, you're assuming that if you do these kind of repairs or renovations, you're going to get this kind of rent. But whenever you, you actually do the, the renovations, that's not always the case. It can be worse or it can be better, right? For us, fortunately, you know, it's been better. And maybe the economy, maybe the, the opportunity that we found, but it's been better with less capital that we actually put into these units. Those are the kind of things you want to do as far as leads, 
that's very important because, you know, a lot of it is lead retention, you know, your tenant retention. You got to try to make sure that you keep your tenants because that, that costs you a lot of money whenever you do turnover. When you have a turnover, you know, that's a lot of money wasted because then now you got to market the new people, you know, the, the unit sitting vacant, those kind of things. So it's very important that, you know, you keep track on what's going on with your, your existing tenants and then your new tenants, you know, where are they coming from? You know, what's the traffic look like? Did we close on this lead or not? So those are the kind of calls and those are the kind of things that you have to discuss on these calls apart from being at the property, right? So you got to go be at the property, you know, as much as you can. If you're local, then that's good. You could be there, you know, every couple, once every couple of weeks or something like that, right? You don't have to be there every single week either. But if you're not local, you want to be there at least, you know, once or twice a month, you know, and if you have a team, maybe you could take turns and, you know, everybody kind of be there once once a month or something like that, right? So you always got to stay on top of that because the truth is they're not going to be watching over your property unless they know that you are serious about it and they know that you're on top of them, you know? Otherwise, they're going to take it easy. Awesome. So some great things there that we need to be talking to our property management company about, right? And you said you all are doing it on a weekly basis, which is great. You know, anything else that might come up during that call that you need to address at that time? You know, anything else they might bring to you that, you know, maybe somebody that's not doing this yet may not realize that they're going to have to talk about or be prepared for? Yeah. So one of the things, and I'm gonna give this credit to Neil Bauer. And for a lot of the your listeners, I'm sure they, you know, they, they know who he is. So I listened to his podcast that he was on and he spoke about hiring some VAs to help with lead generation, right? So your property manager is going to do their best job. You know, this is, is his words and I'm not like, it's not quote for a quote, but property manager is going to do their best job to get people on, into your property. But the reality is that it's only going to be a handful of people, right? So it's only going to be one or two people or maybe three at most, depending on the size of the property, that are going to be doing that. And so he hires VAs from the Philippines to do calls, to create leads, to bring them to the property. Now, he's not replacing the manager at all, but he's assisting. And is, so he pretty much is doubling down. And so he's bringing leads from the manager, bringing leads from his VAs, and is working together. And those are the kind of things that, so, you know, these days, you have to find out every single opportunity that you can find because a lot of the reality is that a lot of these properties are, are overpriced. And so if you're going to pay a little bit more, you think it is worth, you want to get into a property. I'm not saying to overpay, but the reality is a lot of people are overpaying. You got to find out every single opportunity that you can do to the property to create those revenue streams, you know, because that goes to the bottom line, right? So I'm going to give him all the credit, you know, in the world because I, I heard that from him. And I thought that was just genius, man. That guy is, you know, he's intelligent and smart in, in the way he manages his properties. So I took that page from his book, 100% from his book. So I thought that was very clever. Our guest is Mike Van. Thanks for being on the show, Mike. Hey, Whitney. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Tell me a little about your syndication journey. What was the deal you know you all did recently? I know you know your partner we've had on the show. We discussed the deal, but I'd like for us to you know talk about that deal and maybe give us an update as well. But in case the listeners don't know, maybe give them a, a little more background on that property. Well, my partner Rodney Miller had been on the show prior and. I think we were just getting ready to close or maybe had just closed on the deal at that time. This is a 100-unit C-class property in a market just east of Tulsa, Oklahoma, a place I never would have imagined me buying an apartment complex in prior Oklahoma, a very small town. But the key factor that was one of the decision makers in us pursuing the deal was this is home to one of Google's server farms. They had come in in 2011, I believe it was, and have since invested over $2 billion in this community and have continued to expand their facilities, have purchased and built on to, to their existing facilities, purchased other facilities, built more, keep adding jobs. 
And the market there, there just aren't enough places to live. So everything there is pretty much uh, within 20 miles of there is uh, full. So there's there's not enough places to live. We saw the fact that Google came in at the end of last year, even announced a several hundred million dollar expansion on this facility specifically. And then later in the year, before they can even start this, announced a further expansion. And so, you know, there's going to be jobs coming into this community for years to come. And Google's not a standalone. I mean, even though we know Google's not going to go anywhere, there are other, there's five Fortune 500 companies in this mid-American industrial park there. And so it's a diverse economy with a lot of jobs there and plan to, to be coming in the near future over the next several years. And so that combined with the fact that the demand for housing there is led us to go ahead and pull the trigger on the deal. I appreciate you mentioning just the like having a diversified job selection. Well, obviously, we feel like Google's going to be around for a while, but still, I wouldn't feel comfortable if that was like the pretty much the only main employer that there wasn't any other large employers as well. But obviously, that they're building on that's a great sign. So, tell me, why did the sellers sell the property? It's interesting. It was actually Mitt Romney's son is who we bought the property from, and they are are this kind of focusing more out in Utah area and disposing of their assets outside of that area and general vicinity. And they had sold some other properties in Wichita and some other areas here in the Midwest. And we're just kind of focusing closer to home. Okay. Just so the listeners know, Rodney's show was show WS 199. In case you want to go back and hear you know, more about the property when they were in that process of closing. I can't remember the exact process if you all had closed yet or not, but you were close. And so, you know, Mike, let's talk about what's happened since close and some things maybe that's happened that were unexpected and, and what's happened, you know, since then. So since close, you know, what kind of a game plan did you all put in place? Well, the property was full, well, fairly full when we took it over, right? 97%, something like that. But one of the things that we couldn't really or didn't really uncover was how many short-term renters were there. You know, we did our lease audit and all that. And we knew that there were a certain amount of short-term renters, but there ended up being a lot more than than were actually shown clearly on some of the leases. And upon takeover, the day of takeover, when they, we did our, our unit walk, there were actually some people that I guess had moved out that hadn't been moved out on, you know, were there on paper, but not there physically. So we had a little bit lower physical occupancy when we, when we came onto the property, which is not a big deal. You know, we just put our, our team in place and went to work. And then over time, we, we came to find out that the local manager that they had there in place didn't have a lot of rules. <laughs> and people just, you know, decided they were done with their lease and no notice and just moved out. And so I guess the thing I would learn from that is you can look at the lease files on paper and do your due diligence on that, but maybe ask better questions, more questions to get a, a better, clearer picture of what the true tenant profile is like. And so just be able to anticipate it a little bit more. I mean, it hasn't really hurt us financially. I mean, like I said, we were able to turn right around and get those units re-rented, but because of the demand, we're already rented several units at our pro forma rents, which were quite a bit higher than, than the previous owner had in there. We basically got them up to market. 
was going to say, if there was that much demand, it may have been a blessing that those people moved right. out. I absolutely. Got, and got the, some the other tenants tenant out and, and moved That's right. So what kind of questions should we be asking so that doesn't happen to us? Maybe tenant concentrations with a lot of the construction that was going on there because of Google. A lot of the Google 1099 workers or, or the Google folks that were coming in just on short-term contracts. Maybe ask, like I said, tenant concentration, their specific policies on notices, uh, move-out notices. You know, typically we have a 30-day notice. Well, there was no 30-day notice or it wasn't being enforced. It was actually in the lease, but wasn't being enforced. So definitely want to know your tenant profile, concentration, um, employers within your tenant profile, and be able to anticipate those types of problems. And not that you can really do anything about it because they're already there, but at least it lets you get a game plan around that when they do move out. Was the seller self-managing or was it an outside third-party management? It was a third-party manager. Basically, they just found some guy in the local community and had him come in and run it like a... However he thought he should. He was a guy, a very stern guy. I mean, you know, he was kind of a fair housing nightmare, really. We obviously didn't keep him on. But yeah, it was a third-party management company. I don't think there was a lot of oversight. I mean, these folks were, were other side of the country. This was a very small asset for them. And they admittedly said it was kind of ignored somewhat. And they just kind of prettied it up a little bit before they disposed of it. But hey, it's, turned out, it's going to turn out to be a great asset for us. Good, good. So tell me what's happened since close. Outside of, I know you've got rid of the old manager and you know I'm sure mm-hmm. you've got a new manager now. What was the game plan with this property? Is it a value add? Is it uh, you know remodeling units or just getting better tenants? What, what did you all have to do to increase the value? It was more, sorry to interrupt you there, but it was more just going in. There were very few rehab units. Um, probably 90% of them had already had you know full to partial rehab. So there wasn't a lot of CapEx to be done. Some a little deferred maintenance on the exterior, stripe and seal the parking lot. That's actually being done today. And you know, new landscaping, rebranding the property. We're going to add or extend the laundry facilities, make it a lot larger, put more grilling stations around the community. And we just held our, our first resident event the other night, a barbecue, doing more of those to create more community there so we can get better tenants and keep them longer. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day. 